back. We are back. But this time. we have a guest this time. Hello. <laughs> Hello. It's a, little, it's a little strange for him, but yeah, any, anybody and everybody who's listening, this is our very good friend Matt and John's business partner in Affinity Fish. Matt. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely talked about your punk ass on the podcast partner. before. Yeah. But, Actually? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Of course. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't heard that one yet. So. Yeah. Trying to stay uh, equal distance to the mic. Um, where, well, it's like eventually we're all just gonna be fucking yeah. leaning into it and be like, yeah, I fucking told you. Yeah. Um, but no, it's uh, Matt. We've all known for a number of years. It's the reason I know you. Good friend. Good point. Yeah. Very good point. Uh, we fucking where did where did you and I meet? We fucking met. <laughs> Grace, good old Grace. Good old Grace. Doesn't exist anymore, thank God. No, it doesn't. But <laughs> that was, uh... you know, this guy's got a photo, like a portrait of Dusty in his kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is that weird? I mean, it's kind of weird, but it's also like hashtag <laughs> art. Like, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> people, people definitely give me shit about it, but it's also like art. Yeah. It's kind of be like uh, the sous chef at the time, Nate. Um, his dad took a bunch of these <clears> photos <throat> and... It oh, was, was his dad? Yeah. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. He's a, he was or is uh, an amateur slash professional photographer. I'm not really sure what constitutes an amateur or professional photographer. I mean, is it just how many pictures you take? or you know, a business card. Amateur, you, just, you get a business card and you're like, set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get a business card you're good to go. But uh, yeah, no, his, his dad took a bunch of pictures and we we were allowed to pick one out. And like the picture itself is... is beautiful it has much less to do with the fact that dusty's the fucking person in it it's more just like you're working with something like a potato that's so bloody fucking humble and it's like this just this spotlight over top of him are you calling dusty a potato (laughs) i mean he's pretty versatile okay Ah, i like that shit like dustin gallagher the potato head (laughs) (laughs) well hey he's the reason for the name of this fucking podcast yeah Meatball. Meatball thoughts. Ingrained in so my mind we, forever. So Matt and I, we used to be called meatballs. I know we've we've explained this yeah, on yeah, previous yeah. episodes where it's a term of endearment. It's like, if he was pissed at you, he would use your name. If he was fucking around with you, you would call him Meatball. Yeah. Yeah. And for you, he had like, he would call you Tom Tom if he wasn't pissed at you. But if he was actually pissed at you, he'd call you Tomas. Yeah. I do remember like, Tomas. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, fuck. What did I fuck up this time again? Um... <laughs> Actually, a real estate agent used to call me, Mr. Nick Murphy used to call me Meatball, too. Uh, <laughs> because of Dusty. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, he worked at Grace, too. Yeah, yeah he, he trained me on Garmanger, huh, so did Tom Tom. Tom as well. Yeah, so. yeah. It, was a fun, it was a fun little fun little start to, uh... fuck, what was that, like 10 years ago? It was, yeah, 10 years ago, it was 2010. Because I was just in, I was just enrolled in chef school at the time. Chef school. Isn't that your fucking favorite? I love, I fucking love that shit. I mean, it's like, where are you going to school for? To become a chef. Yeah. It's like, and some people fucking believe that shit too, right? Yeah, they're some just people like, think that they're actually going to be a chef once they leave that uh-huh. program. They're like, oh, well, I'm fucking, I should be paid fucking 70 grand a year and like, yeah, I can run a kitchen now. I can, <laughs> I can manage people. <laughs> yeah, that's what they teach at cooking school, right? Yeah. Maybe the cooking school uh, you went to. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so you're the only one who, well, you graduated. Well, yeah, reluctantly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did not graduate culinary school, but I'm oh a college dropout, which is actually kind of fun. I mean, like, and and look who's, who's the the executive chef now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Dude, right? 
right? I'm like, I cook fucking breakfast for a living. You're actually running a goddamn restaurant. That is restaurant. actually really funny. I never yeah. thought about that. <laughs> yeah, our mistake was saying in school until the end. You you did it right. Yeah. Dude, I tried to drop out. My mom fucking guilt tripped me into finishing. She's like, you'll, you'll, it'll feel good. And I'm like, don't get me wrong. It did feel good. But also, like, that was a few extra grand that I probably didn't need to get spent. Yeah. yeah. Like, my school has literally done nothing. Has gotten me no jobs. I'm, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying it couldn't in the future. Like, if I decide to, like, become a teacher or something like that and start teaching people how to do shit, then it could be useful. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I but, think, like, for now, it's I like... I think that you and me were in a very specific example of the culinary industry where we were working at a very high-end kitchen while we were in school, mm. which is not a commonplace thing that mm. happens, especially at George no Brown, because a lot of the program is geared towards people for hotels or cruise ships and stuff like yeah, that so, so the fact that we were working in one of the best restaurants in the city at the time while going to school we had a very different outlook on yeah, yeah. What was it, what oh, we were actually and, learning. and everybody else in that fucking <clears throat> kitchen was like i think maybe maybe the pastry chef went to she went to school tina tina yeah uh miss tina kim fucking, legend fucking straight up legend um she i think she had gone to school but everyone else was just like no, that's fucking. That's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. Dusty certainly did not go to school. <laughs> he didn't even graduate high school. Yeah, exactly. Uh, did, did it make it harder to be at school? Like, I don't know what the 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 curriculum is like at George Brown, but I could imagine if I was working in like a cool place uh, during or before school, it'd be really hard. It would have been harder for me to like mm-hmm. not discredit the the food I was making at school because if I think about it now like I was making like buff bourguignon with like tourneyed carrots and curly parsley on top <laughs> and you're like yeah, fucking you know nobody I mean? does like, this shit anymore yeah. or if they do it's fucking deconstructed and reconstructed or something right shit. like if I had the perspective and I just like wasn't really cooking seriously before school so I didn't have that but like you guys did or during right you were oh. working at places serving like actual food dude it was or... like it it was so fucking school was mind numbing I just stopped going to like any class that wasn't food related, I just stopped going to it in my second year. And this is when you graduate? Uh, no, I mean I went back mm. and turned a two year program into a three year program. Hey, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like procrastination can be a beautiful thing, but <laughs> I don't even know if I'd classify it as procrastination. It might just be shitty fucking mentality. But it was like, yeah, no, it was like, like at a certain point, you're just like, oh, this isn't relevant like what they're teaching me is like okay cool they're like teaching me how to turn a fucking potato or a carrot or something but it's like past that it's just like oh nobody fucking turns veg anymore yeah because and i'm sure they will and like give it another 10 or 15 years and people start turning veg again yeah but and some people will have never lost it because those hotels will have been doing the same fucking menu for the last 30 fucking years if they're still open after all this fucking covid shit but like it's like it, it it becomes so bloody irrelevant, and you realize that oh, school's just a business. Yeah, it's not it's not actually a learning institution. For me, it was a lot of like learning tangible lessons in school was not a thing because you're just learning how to turn veg. You're learning how to do these recipes, and these recipes have been around for like you know 40, 50 40, years. 50 years. Whereas when I was working, even just as a dishwasher at Grace, I was learning lessons like, hey, like, how badly do you want this? Like, show me that you can organize this dish pit, which was like, that dish pit's massive. <laughs> it's like, shit everywhere. Like, come in every morning and, or like every afternoon when you show up because you're the dishwasher, but like, 
showed like Dusty was like telling me he's like you know show me how badly you want this like I'm not gonna let you onto this next station because you haven't shown me that you can organize this as fast as you can and every day I can't like you're you're not making it so I can't say anything bad about you. Hmm. It's like yeah. once you do that I will let you onto the next station. And that was like a huge hard lesson that I had to learn. Mm-hmm. And you don't learn that in school because all you're doing is like okay here's your your lab and then you come in you cook that thing and it's like yeah you're learning how to like do uh, like a beurre blanc that's a thing or like how to cut a fucking or how to julienne a fucking vegetable yeah but like the lessons that I still repeat to people that I'm training now hmm. are the lessons that he taught me back then right like or like every everything how badly has, everything has a home yeah everything has a home how badly do you want this you know like what um, this this job doesn't stop when hmm. when you go home like go home write a mise en place list for every single dish that's on your station hmm. and then come in the next day so that you know and you'll never forget what's on this dish and this dish and this dish like, even though some days you forget and you're like oh shit I said yeah. I six of those without that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there's nothing worse than like opening your low boy and finding the like quart container full of the garnish with the lid still on yeah. and you're like, like ah this didn't you're like where was this all. supposed to oh yeah, and every uh, single one of those. I'm just yeah, gonna yeah. tuck this back in my fridge, and I'll remember for the next one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. cross that off the prep list for tomorrow. <laughs> we have it. <laughs> We're good. Yeah, Ugh. it's just for me. It was like these lessons that I was learning in the kitchen, uh, working in a kitchen, and like because it is like kind of be all and end all, right? There's no going back, right? It's like if if you screw up, then that's like a real customer having a worse experience or like you're screwing with something that's in the kitchen or something like that right whereas it's potential for that yeah yeah whereas at school it's there's no it's just like yeah it's school yeah yeah it's like oh you got a b instead of an a or the lesson doesn't stick as much well and school was also one of the like i don't know what it was like at because you went to cia it was like say it more huh say it more say that (laughs) sentence more more (laughs) i feel like you brought it up like twice already have i it's okay. I'm joking. Okay, whatever. Don't just really sensitive about where he went to school. Okay, um, but it's like, but at I mean, I forget where my fucking point was going. But, um, certainly at because George Brown is is so run like a business and like it's like you get you get shown everything once and exactly. it's like how the fuck am I supposed to learn how to butcher a fucking a fucking leg of lamb or a fucking a half or a pork shoulder and fucking break that down into its subsidiary little muscles if I'm being shown fucking once in like this perfect cold room it's like nobody has those fucking perfect cold rooms in a yeah. fucking restaurant it's like a walk-in <laughs> like a just a fucking room. like what it's like all of this shit is yeah. like nobody has this even some hotels don't have that shit mm. Yeah. Like some banquet kitchens don't have like when I was fucking sixteen working in a fucking golf course kitchen, we didn't have that shit. It was just like big ass fucking prep tables and you would just fucking prep the shit and that mm-hmm. was it. And it's like you didn't get to prep in a fucking fridge. Yeah. It's yeah. like fucking what what kind of fucking shenanigans is this? Yeah. It's it's it it was never realistic and I think that's where my fucking my fucking gripe with school still yeah. still holds to this day where I'm like okay the only good thing it did for me was bring me to Toronto so like maybe the only thing yeah. for you it like it took you to a different country it yeah. took you to a different yeah. part of the world for sure, for sure and like helped you get those connections but like I have yet to use a single connection from George Brown mm-hmm. yeah it's all been Dusty or Nate or my chef now and word of mouth it's all it's all just 
oh cool you've worked there for that person like I, I don't think I've fucking handed out a resume in fucking ever <laughs> me too like what? Yeah. it's like you just call somebody and be like hey what's up or like maybe you have to give them one just so they have it on file but like they don't fucking look at it yeah they're like hey can you do the thing can you prep the station can you be here on time can you fucking yeah can you yeah, be reliable it's like that's it mm-hmm. that's it that's all it is and school doesn't do any of that shit for mm-hmm. Yeah, Nothing. not that it really could, to be honest. Which, which almost is like, why, why are, question, why right? are they fucking, why are they still gouging, fucking seventeen, eighteen year old kids, taking thousands and thousands of dollars from them for something well, that it, isn't you know, fucking <clears throat> valuable? Or it is, it is not something that you have to do. It is something that is being offered. They're not like no doubt, no doubt. But like, you know, why are you offering a shitty product? Well, yeah. I guess is I guess one, is my thing. One good thing because it's essentially a product. If they're running it like a business, which they are, yeah. it's a fucking. To it's, some extent, every school is. What, no what what's good for me, at least what I what I understand to be good, especially with George Brown, is that you know, for me in my class, I think I know one other person who's also my ex girlfriend, uh, <laughs> who still cooks. Yeah. Right. So like that was in my class of like two hundred kids. Hmm. Yeah. So what that does is it really like shows people who have just watched the, the Food Network being like, I'm going to be a chef. And then they go in there and then they realize, oh, this is actually really difficult. And that's not even the difficult part of the industry is being right. in school. That's actually the really easy part. It's the joke part. And they realize, wow, this really sucks. And this is really difficult work. And mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. So that to me is, is, is a plus because it does yeah, separate. Yeah, it weeds the people, people that, that really are not meant to there. be yeah. in the industry that it shows them, right? So, I mean, I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. Maybe maybe it's useful for like a hotel or something like that, exactly. some production style. Or if you're trying to be like a nutritionist or something, you need some kind of a certification. I, a I, bu- one, yeah. I ran into a couple of people in my second, second year. So my third year. <laughs> second, <laughs> I'm like fucking numbers. Third year. Um, and they were like, yeah, I don't want to work in kitchens. I just need this certification so that I can become a nutritionist or uh, whatever. And I'm like, okay, that, the red seal. that, all just out here that makes sense. Fucking, dude, some, somebody, when I was a fucking, somebody from like my childhood, like my, my childhood best friend, his older brother was like, what do you mean I don't want to get your red seal? I'm like, it's not fucking useful. He works in, he's a, yeah. he's a golf pro. So he, I'm sure the chef that works in his fucking, at his golf yeah. course is like red seal and all that jazz. Yeah. So. He gets the pay bump, and he's like, but you make more money. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not working in fucking golf courses. I'm not going back to a golf course. I did that when I was 17. I'm not going back to that. For, for those people who don't <laughs> know what the psychotic. Red Seal is, like what, uh, what, the, oh, yeah, the Red Seal is like maybe <laughs> maybe the least legit accreditation you can have yeah, as a chef in Canada. It's, it's a Canadian thing, right? It is um, specific, yeah, specifically Canadian. Uh, yeah. It's like... Um, it's a glorified health a and test. safety. I think like is there anything equivalent in so, other industries? It's a glorified health and safety fucking thing, man. Like the the right. food handler certificate is just like yeah. a little bit more knowledge. Than exactly. That. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, that anybody who I know who has a red seal is essentially says that it's like yeah, you have your food handler certificate, which says you know don't put raw meat above cooked meat, and keep it at this temperature. Yeah. And this is like a little bit more knowledge than that. Probably a little more numbers, a little bit more. I, I'm not sure what's on the test, and they but try it's and like, it like it's a this is what joke. it means to be a chef. Yeah, right. Like, you're like, a chef now. You have your red seal. Yeah, fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I think it's just uh, my Cer- certainly not for any of us. No, none so, of us. None of us are trying to go down that path. No, 
But so I, I heard an interesting thing when I was working at Pro Morset, which is my chef, Dan Hedida, who I also I got that. I printed a resume for that job and uh, he didn't even look at it. Yeah. I just right. stopped there for two days and that's why I got the job. It had nothing to do with it. It was just resume. a piece of paper that had your email address. He never even read it. I was yeah. so pissed because I spent like an hour. <laughs> I was like trying to do the timelines and like remember when I stopped working a place and started working a place. Like, anyway, yeah, he was talking to me. He's just like, you know, you have to realize that like we're in the top half percent of food service industry people, right? Like you have to understand that like there's thousands of cooking jobs that are run by people who have way less skills and like there's so many places that make food that is for people that need to eat but just ne don't necessarily have the prowess or like the uh, understanding that we do mm. like we're very much the elite of the elite because we've worked in the places that we have and sometimes we tend to forget that there are people yeah. that just like need food, to work in a hotel food is fuel yeah, and people fuel, just not need to work in a hotel, right? And so for us, it's like an interesting thing to like remember that we're like such a small percentage yeah. of the that's food a, industry. That's a very good point, right? It's a very good point. So like bringing yourself back to that a lot of the time when you're mm -hmm. like, you know, a, a lot of chefs and like not saying any of us, but I think a lot of chefs have tend to forget about that and tend to think that, you know, high-end restaurants are just is what it is and people that's who have the red seal yeah people at the red seal are just you know hacks or whatever like that it's like yeah they're hacks but also at the same time they but it's also it's there's there's a calculated move there for like people exactly. who are just like no i'm just banging this out day to day and that's cool and that's my shtick because i want to go home and hang out with my kids yeah it's like the red seal gets them an extra fucking five grand a year or ten grand exactly. a year or whatever the fuck it yeah. gets them right which for, is helpful for, for their fucking kids or their yeah. or their spouse or themselves or whatever yeah. the fuck yeah that's yeah. a good point we have like a very uh i wouldn't say skewed like it is a but very like specific... our fucking fucking flick yeah our nose a little bit at, but like at yeah, some you, of those positions a lot of us tend to forget that it's just like yeah like we're actually like such a small percentage of this massive industry it's just like there's actually a lot of people that need just need to eat mm. you know what i mean diner cooks and chefs who need to eat chefs who need to fucking dude that's me <laughs> that's yeah. like that's literally me at a really good diner yeah, and you've worked I mean, in places like this. You know? Arguably, best one in the city. But, yeah. <laughs> what other fucking diner employs a full time baker? That's uh, that's yeah, that's my know. that's that's my thing. But uh, or sorry, I, it's not my thing. It's, I'm, <laughs> I'm just a fucking cook. I'm there. a full time baker. <laughs> I fucking never want to be a full time baker. I don't have uh, the patience job. for that shit, dude. Yeah, the baker and the diner shit's so fucking good. Donuts, oh my god. Mm. So excited to eat your Don's Brennan. He's never gonna listen to this, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should. Next podcast we do, bring some donuts from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, eat them really badly. He only makes donuts Wednesday to Sunday, so. Okay. Yeah, you're not gonna eat a two day old donut. I mean, I. No, would. you fucking wouldn't. Yeah, no, you I, I fucking would. wouldn't. I totally would. Oh. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. That's gross. Stop saying that. <laughs> I said, like, stop, stop saying that. that. <laughs> stop saying that's gross. <laughs> stop saying that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> on on yeah. that diner tip, on that fucking straight up restaurant, <sighs> false allergies, false allergies. Ooh, that's a good one. <sighs> I've heard enough stories about people being like fucking. So like, any any place you've ever worked, and someone comes in, and they're like, I'm allergic to oil, and it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> so fucking no, you're not. You just don't want to eat a lot of oil. Or yeah. I'm allergic to citrus. There's a good chance you're not. Yeah. I'm allergic to salt. It's not possible. It's an essential mineral for your body to survive. It's not. You can't. No. You can't be allergic to salt. Yeah. Your blood is salty. So. Right. It's like it's impossible. Quite <laughs> yeah, literally. You can be allergic to your diet, and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. 
it's the it's the misuse of the word allergy that really right? fucking is irksome. This is this is the piece where I'm like I'm always I'm so thankful that I have never worked front of house because I would immediately get fired because if someone said something like that to me, I would want to fucking headbutt them. I would just <laughs> look at them with such a blank stare. Yeah. I realize there's a lot of aggression right now. Right? <laughs> I, I swear I swear to God I am a happy person. I'm smiling <laughs> while I say a lot of this stuff. But just for somebody to be like, I am allergic to what made me think about this and I texted this to John, I was just like, fucking false allergies are just such bullshit. Some guy came into the restaurant and was like, I'm allergic to this, 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 and I try not to eat this, 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 and this. It's like just this laundry list of entitled fucking I will eat this and it's like fucking no you won't because we don't have that so and then fucking two days ago he comes in and just orders something with half of those fucking allergies and puts it down like it's nothing and we're like what the fuck the same guy same guy same guy puts down something that's got dairy gluten fucking so it's just a lots of fat in it he's just a fucking asshole <clears throat> so I, I think <laughs> so like yeah, hey, I, hey people out there if you're allergic to it, great. If you're not, don't fucking lie. So I think a lot of people <laughs> don't have the wherewithal or like uh, knowledge that in restaurants, like allergies are super serious, right? Like you can really this guy you can had, kill this, someone. This guy right? had a massive entitled vibe to him. Like totally. Like, and so what people do is they tend to like say, "Hey, I'm allergic to this," but they're actually just you know they prefer not to eat it, and they just like say that, but they don't realize how much stress that causes the actual back of house and the kitchen, and yeah, like what yeah. has to happen okay, to, in order for yeah. them to wash all my spoons. So yeah, it is definitely them. an entitled thing. Um, yeah, it's a difficult thing to navigate, right? Sorry. Obviously, I'm the one who fucking spikes it with the anger, but the two of you will bring it back down to a level that's think, like, yeah. okay, maybe you're overreacting, cocksucker. Well, here's here's what I think about the situation, and here's why I think that anger is uh, uh, justified. I think I don't think it's entitled to uh, want to choose what you put in your body any given day. If you no, don't no. want to eat gluten five days a week and you only eat gluten on Saturday and Sunday, that's fine. You can do that. You should be able to make that choice for your body. Um, so you know maybe that was a situation about like that guy at the diner, right? He's like, it's it's a Tuesday. I'm at the diner, so I'm not going to eat anything with gluten or cheese. Uh, uh, but on Sunday, I'm, I'm going to go for it. That's fine. Maybe, cheat day. Maybe Sunday is cheat day. I was you literally can, just thinking that. Was there's like, a way to communicate that. I mean, exactly. the, the Rock's cheat day is Sunday, but maybe. <laughs> was it was was Dwayne the Rock Johnson the one who did this? Dude, is that why you're so angry? No, because <laughs> you're set to look at him and smile and tremble in your boots. And, I would love. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would, I would love to shake that gorilla's hand. Are you kidding me? I would love to see Tom Tom headbutt the Rock. I, yeah, I, don't even, I don't even think I, I don't even think I can reach his fucking nipple. <laughs> that guy's a fucking giant. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, sorry. So I think you know. I think everybody's entitled to decide what they want to eat and what they want to put in their bodies. Hmm. But if if you can communicate that and you can tell somebody, listen, um, like what do you have on the menu that doesn't have gluten in it, or like you know, I I, I don't eat gluten. I, I don't want to eat gluten. Mm -hmm. I. Uh, try and avoid gluten or, or you, you, whatever it is. Tomatoes, coriander. Uh, what have you? Right? You can have that. Like that server's job is to give you, is to you know, help you guide get the you. food, yeah. guide you to get the food that you want to eat. Uh, so you can have that. When you say it's an allergy, you assume that they're either too stupid, careless, or uh, mm. uh, they couldn't be bothered to 
give a shit about what you want to eat, and the only way they're actually not going to do it is if you tell them it's going to kill you. Right? Like, it's nobody in the fun. kitchen is like that. Like, if you, tell, if you say, no coriander, there's not going to be any coriander in the food. You don't have to say it's an allergy because you think that we're spiteful people. What makes us spiteful people is, when is you, telling us when it's when an allergy. When we know you're fucking lying to us. Yeah. Just be like, don't put coriander in it. And then all I do is I don't put coriander in your omelet instead of, like, putting all my pans in the dish machine, taking my gloves off, putting new gloves on, like, washing out my spoons, because yeah. now I'm afraid that if I put a one leaf of coriander in your... Yeah, or if, if, fucking, if the pan has, like, check. residual coriander Essence. molecules in it, you're going to go to the hospital, right? Because if you say it's an allergy, that's what we got to do. And, and we know, you know... Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're doing this to yourself. <laughs> that's my, that's all my, you had to do was my, just, my level of anger there is that... <laughs> <laughs> watching, yes, watching yes, you yes. get angry, you're just like as he talks about it, more angry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like fucking shakes like a fucking four year old, just like. That's that's why that's why the anger is justified. Yeah, I because the, the, yeah. they're saying if you know if I get this, I will die. It's like, bitch, no, you won't. Yeah, like I, I'm not gonna put it in your food if you just tell me not to. You don't have to tell me that like hmm. you're gonna die because that's what. That word means, there, right? Even if it's not a, a fatal allergy, that's what we have to assume it is. Yeah. Mm. There was a, a period, this is kind of on topic, but a little bit off, but there's a period of Sorry. about three months while I was working at Promorset where I was responsible for all the uh, allergens. <clears throat> so this is a restaurant in Niagara, and it's basically the menu changes every single week. Uh, sometimes they'll winery, have, winery. It's a winery, uh, world famous winery, and now um, world uh, recognized by world's fifty best now recently. Um, hey. That uh, it's a yeah, it's a beautiful restaurant tasting menu out in um, uh, near St. Catharines. Um, yeah, so I was working there for about a year, and I was responsible for all of the allergens. So what that meant was I was working the pass, so the chef, well, there was two chefs there. Um, they were on the other side of the pass. They would get the chips in, and then they would pass the chip over to me. While I was plating all of the main course plates, I also had to communicate with the chef that was working on the protein section. But what that also meant was during briefing every single day, so this was uh, five days, um, two services on Sunday and Saturday, um, so we had, it was foot, like, it's a very popular restaurant, especially at this time, even through COVID. And what that means is it's 40 covers a night, 40 covers per service. Um, and we had set out early on in the restaurant to say that we are going to accommodate every single allergy, no matter what. And this is a restaurant that has a 12 course tasting menu and the dishes are changing daily. If not like 1000%, it's changing uh, weekly. So I was on the pass, I was uh, responsible for helping prep the protein section, um, you know, butchering fish, all that stuff, but then also I was responsible for knowing every single station's mise en place, all of the uh, possible allergens, so like shellfish, dairy, all that stuff, and then I would have to know, then we would go through a meeting on Wednesday morning, at the beginning of our week, and we would say, okay, this is what we're going to do for this allergy, this is what we're going to do for this allergy, this is what we're going to do. So I would have to go through (laughs) in the briefing every single day and... So table this many people, this person has this allergy, this person has this allergy. So for the first course, they're going to have this instead of this. Second course, they're going to have to do this. I had to speak super quickly. If I didn't speak quick enough, I would get yelled at. If I made one mistake and I slipped up, I would get yelled at. And it got to the point where it was just like one of the most stressful experiences I've ever had in a restaurant. And I just remember being like carrying all... And I would literally, like I was working, you know, 90 hours a week. And I would go home after my shift and I would be, you know, at a bar having a beer. 
Um, there's a bar downstairs from where I lived. I became friends with the people there and I would just sit there for another extra hour and a half and write down all of the reservations with all of their things down for the next day. And it just became this like massively stressful thing that I was always carrying with me and eventually they <laughs> eventually they changed the, the operation and the way they did it and they just actually stopped doing that and it was actually all of the station's individual responsibility to do it themselves which is, I think is a little bit more fair. Yeah, <laughs> But it was, yeah, it was a very stressful experience. And I just remember a lot of customers just having that, you know, sense of entitlement and, and, and coming in and not realizing mm. at all or caring at all that the, them saying the that they don't want... effort that goes into Yeah, they like don't, this. them saying that they don't want shellfish, but they're saying that they're allergic to shellfish means that, like, not only do I have to go through all this shit, but then, like, all this other stations and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And people just have no clue especially at this type of a restaurant where you're changing the menu all the time, all this mise en place is completely different all the time, that people have no clue what yeah, goes no into doubt. that, right? So. Yeah. Well, I mean, but to, to Promorset's fucking credit, at least now they were like, okay, that fucking stressed, that stressed you out to obviously no one. I'm sure they could see that what it was doing to you when you started doing it. it you, Maybe they didn't you, care. You, they didn't care. But they could see what, what was happening. Yeah. 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 They're yeah. Not, they weren't unobservant. They were yeah. just like, Oh, it's okay. He'll handle it because he's a fucking professional. And to your credit, you are. Mm-hmm. You are a professional. You're. You maybe it wasn't. You didn't handle it as best you could, but you handled it. Right. Okay. And to then their credit, they're like, okay, maybe you know what? We did ask a little too much. Mm-hmm. So let's fucking let's make sure everybody takes takes a slice of that pie yeah. instead of you just fucking baking that pie nightly and fucking dealing with it yourself. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they do it now, but uh, once I right before I left, they changed it. Okay, was, so like ho- hopefully it's a little more. Hopefully, I mean, lo- there's a little more teamwork to make said dream work. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean that restaurant is a very specific uh, enigma in its own as as, as yeah. far as like how it operates. It's very much a um, European mentality of we have no doubt ninety four things to do <laughs> in this day, and you have enough time to do. 86 of them <laughs> figure it out yeah that's not my problem that's your problem uh, you figure it out I if you're not ready for shit. service you're not doing your job properly yeah, yeah. there's well, no there's uh, not a lot of understanding yeah maybe maybe just, there, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of, of empathy towards to, none at all yeah. but I mean that's the thing right? that, like, that's, that, that you felt I'm not saying they don't possess empathy but maybe just in that moment it was not expressed <laughs> <laughs> we're, try, we're not trying not to throw too many people under the bus here because they'd still helped create who you are today. Yeah. Agree? Yeah. Okay. Just like I got, I got fucking infinite amount of shitty stories about yeah, yeah. people that influence me. We're not trying to throw people under the bus too much. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, I was just trying to like explain about like, no doubt, man. what goes into go for it. <laughs> <laughs> what goes into actually like dealing with allergies at yeah, a restaurant at that level, right? Dude, that's like. Ugh. Not easy. Ugh. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't envy you in the slightest. That's a fucking that's to anybody, a champion fucking move, man. Yeah. To anybody who has real allergies, they should also be mad about this because those yeah. people are diluting. The faker, they, the fakers are fucking your shit up, man. They're, they're like, fucking your shit up. If you have a real allergy, like that needs to be taken super seriously. hundred percent. Bring that up. We're not saying like you know you should stay home because you have an allergy. Put your epipen on the table and be like, it's fucking real, asshole. <laughs> like, you, should, you shouldn't have to do that because there shouldn't seriously, be people though. who are making us question everything we hear now. Yeah. The problem is, you know, if we hear. Uh, 
black pepper allergy, um, you know, it's it's kind of hard to take that seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like okay, know, you or, you just ate something with too much pepper one time. Or or you it's very like, much don't like it. Face. Just tell me or you don't like, like it. Or like saying they're specifically allergic to one type of fish, or like specifically <laughs> allergic to you know veal. But not beef. Like it's just like yeah. Like, you know, I, like just, I know what that is. Just don't call it an just, allergy. Yeah. Just say that you don't like it, or you don't want to support that business, or you don't so, want to. You know, like yeah. Yeah. When I was working in Manhattan, uh, uh, like sixty to seventy percent of the reservations, 70 percent of the parties that would come in mm. would have at least one dietary restriction. No doubt. Um, and I probably you find it more in, in cities like New York and these Toronto are these are parties ranging from what two to fucking ten people or some shit yeah, two to four usually two to small four. it's okay, a small okay, restaurant small so small. Not, not big Which groups coming uh, Kajitsu mm-hmm. yeah um, and already it was funny because that restaurant was already uh, uh, entirely vegan there was no animal mm-hmm. products there used at all and still about 60-70% to of reservations had some sort of dietary restriction um you know, I, did, I didn't think much of it. I just thought that was the way things are, and it still is. Uh, then I went to Japan. And you're like, oh, allergies don't exist here. Uh, and I looked it up. I was so confused, because then, you know, I would say probably <laughs> it went from 60 to 70% to, like, 2%. Yeah. It'd be like, in a week, there would be, like, three dietary restrictions if, all week. If that. And it would be, like, yeah. shellfish. Like, okay, Like yeah. a real allergy. Yeah, like, no shellfish. Um... I don't know, like other things. Yeah, uh, no dairy. Yeah. Sure, like, like that's fucking easy. In a yeah, like kitchen. we don't have. Dairy. <laughs> yeah, no dairy, no cheese. Yeah, oh, yeah. You can't use the parmesan. Yeah. <laughs> right on top of. Fucking let me just put this over here again. <laughs> fucking up. Yeah, yeah. So like, like totally. Um, yeah. and it's funny because they would just scramble the same way that you know. We were scrambling in Manhattan. Really? Was, uh, yeah, yeah. It just totally just unprepared for it. But so, so I was looking it up. I was like, maybe, maybe it's possible that there's like a genetic thing, and just Japanese people are just less uh, susceptible to allergies. No, race. there's not. This is not. No, no. no. It's, just, it's just North American culture is okay with lying to the people yeah, that's feeding them more. Yeah, I think. There's just this. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that sounded yeah. kind of harsh, but like they're just like. <laughs> that's no, what true. it is. It's yeah, they're, they're legit. Like. Like, fuck, man. I don't know. But it's like... I think it also has to do with a lot of, like, you know, the whole entitlement thing has to do with a lot with, like, the people that come to restaurants and, like, literally treat you like you're a servant. Yeah, it's like, like, you're so lucky that I'm here. It's like, fucking, yeah, but also, like, you can still be a fucking person. Exactly, right? And it it, it is nice to have customers when they actually truly appreciate like customers who actually have real allergies mm-hmm. and when you actually put in the effort and the time to, yeah, and to like, oh do that god, they're like oh my god thank you thank so you fucking yeah much. they they're yeah. over the moon and they're super happy about it because like yeah they, they, they probably, might they might get to go out like once or twice a year and they're like okay yeah. like really really hope this doesn't fuck me like yeah. i'd love to come back to this restaurant if they nail this i'm back like yeah. you just you locked in a fucking yeah. regular if you can do that right yeah. Cause like how many how many of those allergy people at Promore set would you see on a recurring basis? Like every couple, I mean maybe like once a month you'd see them at because point, because you because you were like so attentive to it. It it was difficult in this particular year of the restaurant. It was difficult because that restaurant was like 
blowing up. Oh, and okay. it was basically it like... It was the destination restaurant. And it's a destination restaurant. So a lot of people were eating there for the first time because they had heard about it. And then it was then just they, all year. It was like people just oh, first booking for the first like time. like a neighborhood joint where people are going to come every week. This exactly. Is a great it's expensive. There was repeat time. diners for right. sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like for example, there's a chef that we uh, dealt with actually with Mr... Um, what's his name from... Uh, the Japanese chef, the white guy. <laughs> me? Are you talking about me or you? <laughs> I'm like, Which we're one? the only two fucking white Japanese Who? chef guy. Robinson? Uh, no, not Robinson. The uh, the other guy up north. We tried to sell fish to, and he said he didn't want. To. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, um north, wait, like up north, north York? Yeah, North York. Yeah. What's his name? Oh, from Freelu. Yeah, Freelu. Yeah, John Vincent. John Vincent Trey. So he he uh, contacted me and wanted to come for a dinner reservation. He has like a bunch of very specific allergies, and we did like a very specific menu for him. And he was like over the moon with it, and he said it was one of the best meals of his life and stuff like that. And that's like an example of somebody who really appreciates it because I'm sure as a chef, right? As a chef, it's very difficult, right? Because you're just like you don't want to put the restaurant out. You know how difficult it is. Like he totally understands the whole thing about it, but like. He said that it was one of the best meals he's ever had because of like what we did to yeah because you because you made him fucking feel special yeah 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 so yeah yeah man yeah anyways if it's a fake allergy just don't lie say you don't like it yeah simple like we're not gonna I like don't it. like cilantro yeah. we know you're not allergic to it it's okay if you're afraid of, <laughs> of the rage and the spite. Of a cook, which is, you know, from this podcast, you can tell is real and, and if you're afraid of getting palpable, then, then just be honest and there will be no rage. If you tell us that you don't eat, uh, you know, Parmesan cheese on Thursdays, that's fine. Yeah. But that's not an allergy. Like, it's yeah. fucking weird, but like, it's fine. Yeah. Especially because it's delicious umami, but like, whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honesty. That's policy. I mean, no doubt. And I think, I mean... Maybe that kind of leads into, like, because you, you had messaged me earlier in the week and you're just like, you're like, you know, I'd like to talk about the, I mean, this is going to be, this is going to be a little weird. Yeah, I don't think this um, leads into that at all, but I'm, I'm open to that's talk okay. about it. That's uh, okay. I'm, okay. Maybe, maybe it doesn't lead to it, but it goes abrupt topic change. Yeah. We'll go, and three men are, three men are going to try, <laughs> and scene, click. Um, three men are going to try and talk about the female perspective in a kitchen. Yeah, I just go. think, you know, we get a couple 20-year-old <laughs> men around a table, and we'll tell everybody what it's like to be Turn a woman. Um, white, heterosexual man. Yeah, 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 this is perfect. I love this, and I'm not cringing at all. Um, yeah, so I, ha- I had this situation a couple um, uh, weeks ago uh, that's still ongoing with, like, a mm. kind of a borderline stalking situation through, uh, oh, yeah. through one of the dating apps. And, you know, obviously it's, like, bothersome to have somebody who is harassing you on <laughs> social media and like they were like calling me on my phone from like block numbers and I would block them and they would keep calling me from new numbers it's just not a good situation they were like threatening to come to my work and stuff like that is that still um, gone? yeah actually it is yeah um, so uh, I was like fuck man you know this is like really not ideal um, but then I had the thought like man what if like what if uh, I was a woman and I was dealing with a man who was acting mm. like this. Like, that, wouldn't that be even scarier? Would like, And I, I don't know about the numbers, but I imagine probably that's the more likely mm. scenario is mm-hmm. it's probably no doubt. more common for, for men to be harassing women. Dude, I know, I know than it is multiple women in the city that have been like, yeah, I've been followed home. Yeah, yeah I feel like, like that's like... like that's it's just, it's, so like a, it's like a standard experience yeah. across all women yeah. Yeah. that live in a city. Like, well, uh, it's like, what... Yeah. What's the thought process there? And 
It's fucking bananas. Mm-hmm. And the tie-in is like exactly that. Like you know, uh, uh, the the tie-in to the restaurant industry. Like if you live mm-hmm. in a part of town where, or maybe in Toronto, it's like literally every part of town where you are putting yourself at risk walking home alone at night. Mm-hmm. Like you, no you, how often do you walk home, bike home alone, at two or three in the morning? All the time. Almost I mean, every all day. the time. Usually, I'm asleep. Don't even think about it, right? Yeah. Yeah, in the past. Don't even think about non-thought. it. You just do it. Non-thought, yeah. Right? Just fucking... That's just part just of the job. Go home. That's it. That's part of the job. <laughs> yeah. It's literally, you know, shit's different if you're a woman. You can't take that as lightly as, as we do. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what sort of led me to start thinking about, like, what... Like, would I have made the same career choices? Would I have gone and, like, chosen to take the same positions at the same restaurants? Mm. Or would I have had the same attitude about it if I, if I was a woman? Would you have had the same opportunity? Opportunities, for sure, for sure. That's a huge one. Uh, and, like, where would I be? And like, There's still quite a bit of sexism in this fucking industry. Oh, my God, yeah. Massive. More, more so than... Than people care to admit. Yeah, and yeah. it's... You know, it's that attitude of like, just figure it the fuck out. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you, you, what you were talking about at um, uh, Pro Morset, where it's like, you just gotta, yeah, just gotta like, your problems are not my concern. Yeah. Just make it happen. I don't care. Yeah, it's your problem. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, uh, that's I've... not really, it's not something that men handle well. It's not something that anybody handles well. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not trying to say that may, women wouldn't handle that as well as men do, but it's just it's 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 an indication of how uh, careless is the wrong word, but how uncaring the uh, the the industry is towards yeah. a lack of empathy. Yeah, and the yeah. people who have it the easiest are us, you know, no doubt. young white able-bodied men. I mean, speak for yourself. My shoulder hurts daily, but. Um, okay. I'm not All able right. bodied. Well, <laughs> Tomas is now uh, <laughs> a special case. So we need a. Yeah. I had a. I wear my special helmet. What? I had a. I had a moment. <laughs> it's a bike helmet. Relax, Don. <laughs> Jesus. Christ. I had a moment the uh, in the last couple months where, you know. Um, with this whole BIPOC movement and all these things going on in the world and these horrible, atrocious things happening to really just good humans. I had a moment where, you know, I was like thinking like somebody, one of my friends had asked me, you know, like if I was like questioning like what, yeah, like kind of what John was saying, but like what would be different for me if I wasn't a white straight male? And, you know, like, cause you know, I've dealt with a certain type of, I've dealt with racism, and it's shocking to maybe <laughs> some viewers, but I've dealt with racism in my professional career yeah, with funny, working yeah. at a Japanese restaurant. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not trying mm-hmm. to whatsoever say that I've been through... Uh, Even a the same ten- kind of racism. Same like kind of racism. Of a tenth of what I'm saying yeah, yeah. is that I have dealt with it. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's an interesting thing when you're in a professional setting. And just trying to think about when, like, like would I be doing the same things? Um, like, would I have worked as hard to work to get to where I am, or like, would I have just not gotten the same kind of um, opportunities? And I think that's the big. For me, I think it boils down to the opportunities and like how I was able to go to chef school or how I was able to, you know, like live at my parents' house and uh, not worry about rent for a couple of years, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah. have that luxury of like you know, not having to pay for certain things or not having to worry about, like, loved ones and, like, paying for stuff for them and stuff like that. So, yeah, I did have it a lot easier than a lot of people may have. 
but um, it definitely is an interesting thing when you do experience uh, racism as a as a white person. It's like very uh, I, I, outrage. We, I was told I wouldn't have to deal or, with this. Yeah, or prejudice right? yeah. or like yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Man. It's I mean yeah, like people that. coming into the sushi restaurant that I worked in, and I worked under a Chinese chef. Um, so already that's like a, a kind of a <laughs> to chip Japanese on the shoulder, yeah. yeah chip on the shoulder you know he had to deal with some stuff as well um, but there would be customers that would come in and they do you think do you think because he was Chinese chef doing high end sushi was he like okay maybe this is like he can give you that opportunity because I'm sure so. I'm sure it took a fucking minute for him to punch through that fucking wall yeah for sure yeah he right? told me he sat me down when he first hired me and he was just like this is going to be harder for you than it is for any type of Asian person that works here. Hmm. He's like, because you're white. Just just know that straight up. I was like, okay. Hey, that's that's a pretty solid level of honesty, though. Yeah. And, you know, that's... there was customers that would come in and sit down, and they would, like, look at me, point at me, and they'd be like, I don't want that kid making me sushi because he's white. And, you know, Jackie being the, the, the boss that he is, and probably because he went through what he went through in his career, yeah. learning from a Japanese man and being Chinese himself, he was like, well, I'm Chinese. He's Vietnamese. And he's white, so if you want. There's Japanese no Japanese food, people here. Yeah, there's no Japanese people here. So if you don't want to, if you don't want to eat non-Japanese made food, then take, you can leave. Take a walk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's the best Japanese. Uh, it is the best uh, uh, <laughs> Japanese sushi restaurant in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, do you want to eat the best or take a walk? But the yeah. thing is, that's ridiculous for me about that situation. Is just like, how many times have you gone to a French restaurant and demanded that the chef is French? <laughs> Otherwise, I will not eat this. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's like you know, insane. going to Aloe. Is Patrick Chris from France? No. No. Can he but cook some of the bombest fucking French food? Has he worked yeah. in, in the goddamn country? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> this whole like perception of like what, uh, mm-hmm. how your skin color somehow makes your food a little bit better, mm-hmm. or, or or that specifically, or like yeah. Well, that's like in New York, fucking pock pock. Um, yeah. Fucking what's what's his name? Um, I forget what his name so- is. Ian. No. Something I don't know. Anyways, white guy cooking fucking Thai food, Thai food and like that Thai people are like, "Yo, this is the shit." Yeah. And that's the funny part is, and he's like, he's, he's doing it so right. Yeah. Like, yeah. fucking great, man. Like, why? Yeah, it's bananas. I don't know what what your experience at Choshin was like, but uh, I'm going to assume probably the Japanese people. The, the Japanese guests were not the ones giving you a hard time, right? Exactly. So this is the funny thing, and me and John have talked about this before, is that mm. you experience racism from like white people or white diners, right? So they're just like, I don't want him making me sushi. Japanese customers will come and eat, and you'll speak Japanese. Like, I would speak Japanese yeah. to them, and, and I generally am like, I'm pretty good at like repeating accents. So like my accent is quite good. Um, I don't actually know how to speak like yeah. fluently like yeah. John does, but like I, my accent's quite good. So always, they would always be like, oh my god, that's amazing, this is a white kid and he can speak Japanese. And yeah. they were excited about it. He can it. say those words. Right. And, and, but, and, 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 and you're, you're cooking the food and you're doing everything, right? Yeah. And yeah, those people are always... So excited. And they've been and like, supportive to me too. Right? right? Yeah. yeah. Like so who so who was it when when it came? It was it other Chinese people or was it Chinese? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know now it seems like we're just like dissecting. No, no, no. But like, but it's it's a it's a pretty well known fucking it thing. Is. And if nobody thinks that other races are racist, you're exactly. fucking insane. So the thing is, for me, it was just like Chinese yeah, are some of the most <laughs> racist people. <laughs> like they are. They fucking are, man. I worked in Chinatown for long enough. I experienced enough. Racism when I worked in Chinatown in Toronto, and just I, from the other 
businesses around. I think everybody's like, everybody just them. criticizes something that's not them. And, yeah. and I think it's yeah. a very fine line that, you know, me and John have been trying to tread in our careers where it's like, mm. me and John have been talking about this too, maybe try not to get too off the topic, but like, you know, working in this industry in, in working with Japanese food, you have to like toe this fine line of just like not gentrifying a culture mm. and then also like giving it the respect that it deserves. And that's something that me and John really tried to do is that put in the right amount of effort to yeah, and, and give just, it the respect that it deserves exactly, and, exactly. but still be able to have fun with it yeah right where you're not just mindless well I'm not just robots that are just like okay I'll just do this this I'm not way, just that's working it. in a sushi restaurant for a year and then being like I'm gonna go open a sushi restaurant exactly like yeah. I yeah. don't want to be a sushi chef I <laughs> I gave it the three and a half year or three yeah three and a half years and the really, I mean, right right now, this movement is more relevant than ever, especially with what's going on in uh, in Quebec, and um, mm. uh, in terms of like the the quote unquote cultural appropriation of food. Uh, there's people who are saying that, you know, you, you should uh, white people especially should not be taking advantage of other people's cultures for their own benefit in food, mm. and then. Uh, other people are saying like wow what do you mean like how am i supposed to cook anything if i can't like white people don't even have their own food so which is not true but yeah. uh, <laughs> not true at all uh but they're like well, why, why, why can't i cook somebody else's food yeah. you know what i mean like yes. people have been cooking other people's foods that for centuries so, uh, so, <laughs> so why you know why, why can't i make why can't i use soy sauce if just because i don't come from a descendant or mm-hmm. my ancestors didn't use soy sauce. Mm. Um, it, it, it's a. I love how your, brain, your brain's trying to be so delicate with this. <laughs> yeah, Whereas, like, I would so say the absolute yeah. wrong thing, and then you'd be like, whoa, whoa easy, motherfucker. <laughs> Maybe we should edit that out. <laughs> I think what it really boils down to is, is doing things with. Um, with the culture that you are hopefully not appropriating, but the culture that you are um, uh, trying to represent, being inspired by, are you benefiting their culture with what you're doing? Mm. Yeah, and or you, are you just making a bastardized version of it? Right. Yeah. Are you using their culture and their history as means of pr- promoting yourself, or are you using it? Or are you using yourself as means of promoting their culture? Mm. And mm. often it's not so obvious, but. I, I think that's a really important thing is mm-hmm. is making sure that you're you're either spreading awareness, maybe you're employing people of that culture in your restaurant, maybe you are uh, buying products from that country and mm. you know supporting their economy through mm-hmm. uh, through your business by selling their food. Um, but yeah, also just. In, in the food and, and the soul and the spirit of it like are you are you doing it justice and are you doing your homework are you I helping think, their food scene I instead think of just like that's a big thing for me is like yeah are you doing your homework and like more so it's like it, like what do you have to do to earn kind of almost like earn the right to be able to practice right. that well, and, it's like, and, and you show should. it the respect that it deserves exactly when you're like especially for you guys when you're like cooking for a Japanese, you're making sushi for a Japanese person, and they're like, oh, fuck, you fucking mm-hmm. nailed that. Yeah. Or, like, I mean, 
Maybe, or if it's like a French person that gets a baguette from fucking Blackbird Bakery and they're like, fuck, that's a good fucking baguette. Yeah. That's that's a good fucking starter. That's a good yeah. whatever it is, right? Or like that's a really good pastry. Someone who has that knowledge, it's like, are you making that person and their culture proud? Mm-hmm. Almost. Are you are you able to translate that when, into your product? For sure. And, and then when you give that baguette to somebody else who doesn't know anything about French culture, mm. is their life enriched by that? Do they maybe develop more appreciation for French culture? Do they... Mm-hmm. Do they... Are they like, oh, fuck, why am I buying this shitty grocery store bread right, I can right, have this right. delicious fresh bread? Mm-hmm. So, like, it can be a tool for, even if it's coming from people yeah. who are not directly of that, you know, who are not French or who are not Japanese or who are not from whatever culture they're cooking in, um, it can be a tool to to spread love and enrich the culture, enrich the economy, and, and mm-hmm. it, it, it can be a tool for, for, for a better uh, future. But, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we've all seen times mm. when it's not and when it's Fuck. just I can think some, of about a half dozen restaurants right now that shouldn't exist but that's okay. chef putting you know uni <laughs> on something and pretending it's Japanese <laughs> because it's got like gold flakes and uni and caviar on it it's like, what the fuck? You're like, fuck out of here with that shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> doing nobody a service actually. Anyways, back to <laughs> women in kitchens. But yes. do you think, do you, okay, so moving forward, like, okay, so now Matt's the only one of us that would hire somebody to be in your kitchen, right? So have you... <laughs> yeah, that has, uh, that has that, that, that opportunity. That power or opportunity yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Um, do, you, do you actively search out hiring a woman? Or if, certainly, if, if a resume from a woman comes in, you're not going to be like, well, I'll fucking throw that out. But it's yes. like, <laughs> there's no, there's right. no, there's right. no way, there's no way you're gonna do that. But here's the thing, though: some places in the fucking city would. There's yeah. like, there is more yeah. than enough sexism that still exists in this industry for someone to look at it and be like, you know what, you're too fucking, you, you look too soft or you look too whatever. It's yeah. like, but how? You're probably not gonna be able to handle my verbal abuse very well. Right? Yeah. It's like, like that's so like the thing fucked you like, up, so yeah. messed up. Whereas like yourself you can be like okay look fine yeah like you're not you're not going into it with with any kind of presumption you're like okay let me let me see your your accreditation your let's look at your cv let's Mm -hmm. see where you've worked okay i know this place this place okay cool you know what yeah come in for a stage yeah and if it works out are you like are you consciously being like you know what it would be nice to have a professional female presence in this kitchen if if you have the opportunity, would you hire that person, or would you be like, you know what, I think probably the owner wants me to hire this person, or are you kind of just like? Yeah, I mean, I had a very um, like pretty much exactly what you're talking about happened to me recently, which was um, okay, nice. our old chef, uh, so the chef that I replaced at uh, the restaurant that I work at, Sakai Bar. Um, she left, um, so she is actually in transition. She likes to be uh, is a male, but likes to be uh, referred to as a female. Um, she identifies. Okay. okay. Um, so she left, um, and then also um, we had a couple stages come in. Um, one was this uh, lady from uh, the UK. So she was in the UK for her quarantine. She was coming back a couple weeks after when we needed to hire somebody. Um, we actually ended up hiring a gentleman that was from um, another restaurant because um, he was ready to work at that time. But this lady came into stage anyways, and 
Um, yeah, I mean, like, I definitely actively did think that when I saw her CV and I had an interview with her. I was just like, wow, it'd be nice to have a woman here. Yeah, and with X number of professionalism. Exactly like, right, and she'd worked in some good places, some really in nice star joints. Yeah, some star joints in um, uh, in the UK. She also worked at Blackbird, actually, and then also a little bit. Say Michelin star. Michelin star. When, when we say when we say star joints, that's what we star mean. joints. Star <laughs> joints for the boys. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so she came into stage, and um, it's nice. It's 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 nice for me because you know this is a person that uh, has uh, almost no clue on anything about Japanese cooking, but is very open to learning and stuff like that. And mm. she was a very good stage, but the thing, the fact of the matter was, is that because of COVID, we could not hire another person, and that's just what happened. But she was totally open to like hanging out before. She's actually gonna be working with John actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maddie's patties yeah. for a little bit, and then, but um, yeah, so. I mean, for me, like I was thinking as you were like explaining this, so like I did have this situation, yeah, I did actively think like I would be nice to have a woman in the kitchen to work with, right? Um, which is like kind of weird in its own way that like I feel like I... Like maybe you give off too much of a macho vibe in air quotes, mm-hmm. or, no, or you're trying to minimize it's that, weird. that it's weird macho that mentality. No, it's weird that I'm, I'm actively like wanting to search out a woman because I think it would, not, like, it would be better for the yeah. kitchen, but it's just like... I actually really like. I'd, it would I'd just be better moving forward for yeah, the and I think, culture of the kitchen. I think um, more so. <laughs> I guess we we said that we're going we're gonna to talk about my boss, but my do- my boss is very much a macho Sorry. person, right? It's okay. It was bad to have. He is very much like a macho kind of vibe, so I think okay. it would be good but to balance out the um, yeah. the, the, yeah, the cocktail of the the mix there. Um, but yeah, I like I was thinking about this as you were talking about it, is that um, some of the best cooks that I've ever worked with are women, and and like working with them and the way that they deal with problems and the, the, like not them they or whatever but it's just I, I just find that um, most women that I've worked with uh, they, they think about things differently and they don't react in the yeah. same way as men do mm-hmm. yeah for sure uh, gen- generally um, and it's just they a, see that bigger picture yeah and I've had a lot of times where like I've reacted in a bad way and I'm like just because I'm working with that woman uh, she'll like calm me down and she'll be like helping me like doing stuff and stuff like that especially one of the pastry chefs that I worked with at uh, Pearl Morse that we me and her became really good friends and um, just dealing with like the drudgery of like working at that place and stuff like that um, but yeah I've, I've like I love working with women like mm. you know what I mean like why I know why I'm like some you, right? some of the most badass cooks I know are fucking Anna, women like Anna right oh, like dude. she's Anna Chen. Anna Chen's that a woman, monster. I am still scared of her. A good she, monster. Like she's that. fucking four foot ten on a good day. <laughs> fucking eighty pounds soaking chef, wet. The chef of Alma. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anna Chen, she is a fucking yeah. savage yeah. in all the best ways. Yeah. Like and just like super kind and like really yeah. good at her craft and just as like an enjoyable person to work with or work yeah. for. Yeah. yeah. Fuck man. One thing that, that I'm still trying to sort of figure out where I stand on is uh, is exactly that topic of hiring. So we're in a situation now where uh, because of the history of the industry, because of the culture of, of cook work and chef work, um, most of the people in it are men. Mm-hmm. Because not to say that um, men are more interested in it, but I think that men know that it's going to be easier for them and women know it's going to be harder for them so generally more men seek out that job because of those factors right it's it's just it's a hundred percent harder to be a successful chef if you're a woman so i'm sure that weeds out a lot of people so now we're in a position 
where uh, uh, in the industry where if we don't make a conscious effort specifically to hire women, there's always going to be more men than women, mm-hmm. right? Because it's just, it is harder for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can, you know, make these, uh, the only way to really change the culture is to hire more women, right? Yeah. yeah. We can change how we treat people. We can change, we can be better than, you know, the, the generation that taught us. But uh, at some point, we're going to have to, you know, hire a lot of women and, and make that change um, uh, consciously. So, I think you should always hire the person who is the most qualified for the job, but, yeah. uh, like, how do you... Yeah, like, kitchens, kitchens are still very much, or they can be a meritocracy, where you're like, dude... Are you? Can you do this job? Yeah. Can you? Can you do this? Right. Do you have that ability? And if you have more men applying for that job, you'll always be hiring more men. Mm-hmm. So, like, is do you guys think that we should be uh, making a conscious effort just to hire more women because they're women? I think there's uh, uh, positive aspects and problems with yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I, no, right. no. Well, there's there's, we there's so always... there's there's so much nuance that certainly we are not going to figure out in a fucking hour and a half conversation. But like, but this, I think, like you're saying, moving forward, it's just going to be one of those things. It's like, oh man, it's like, I'm not saying treat women differently. Like don't hire them and then baby them because you think they can't handle it. Like women can handle some fucking savagery. I've heard, I've had some women tear me a fucking new one in a heartbeat. And I'm like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, yeah, please don't rip out my throat. But it's like, but you also, but to the same it's it's like it's it's one of those things where like because there's less maybe like I don't, know, I don't know if this really falls in line with it but it's like we just hired uh a woman at the diner um and she's she's relatively new she's only about four or five years into the industry so like she's and because of this whole fucking covid thing she hasn't worked in six months so she it's going to take her a month or two to fucking knock off the dust. Yeah. Whereas any one of us who's been doing this for 10 plus years is like, it takes us, you know, maybe a week to knock off the dust. And then right. we're like, okay, we're back. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's like, how would she have been able to do that? Had the opportunity not been presented to her. And, you know, I don't want to, to, uh, my chef's horn too much, but like he he has he's always been that kind of look forward. Okay, what what about this industry can we change? Yes. Okay, I'm not yelling at my staff, but I'm also not going to talk to them like they're fucking children. I'm still going to talk to them like they're an adult, and mm-hmm. very much so. He does that for me. He does that for her. He does that. It's a it's a very uniform kind of a thing across the board. Maybe me a little less so because he's like, you know, he knows. A little too much about my past, so he can poke the right buttons. He gets a little <laughs> cunty about it sometimes. Love you, Ben. Thank you for saving my life. He's quite literally saved my life on multiple occasions, but he'll never listen to this. Um, I think I think you do. You have to. You you kind of just have to. Even as even as I say that there's that you need to have that that meritocracy, but it's also like how how is any woman who's getting shafted by you know I don't want I'm trying not to fucking just pull numbers out of my ass but there's probably like a good 60% of fucking male chefs that are still super fucking sexist yeah I, I don't think that's 
Yeah. I don't think that's too high of a number. Just you know, it's still forty percent's a big fucking number of that are not. Mm-hmm. And, and and probably or or be, might believe that women should only or those sixty percent believe that women can be their pastry chef or their something. Yeah. And it's like that weird fucking divide of like, what do you? Why why couldn't she fucking cook the goddamn food just as good as you can? Like and it's even, fucking weird. But even like, if it's fifty, sorry, just to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, even if it. it's fifty or thirty percent, it's like ninety eight percent who are not consciously trying to change yeah. the system and yeah. make it less sexist. Exactly. Because even if you do nothing, you are yeah, it's, it's uh, complacent, perpetuating the, yeah. the sexist. Yeah. Yeah. Culture, no doubt. Yeah. For me, at Pearl Morset, like working with the, the, and she was a pastry chef, um, yeah. super talented. She used to work at uh, Hawksworth in the BC and stuff like that, and uh, very much so. Like as we talked about earlier, it was just like much, very much so. Like this is your problem, you fucking deal with it. But they did not discriminate. Like they would never went easier on her. They never went easier on anybody. Yeah. Right? Like it was very much just like you got hired because you are a professional and you made it into yeah, this and job. You fucking know what you're doing. Yeah. So if you fuck up. I'm going Sorry. to tell you how badly you fucked up in yeah, a way. Yeah, and, or and they pushed her just as hard, if not harder, than and, than me and everybody else there, right? Like, she's, like, had to, like, roll out fucking uh, puff pastry by hand, like, every day. And, like, no no uh, sheeter and stuff like that. And she was just, like, fucking in the shits. But, I mean, it's not that hard. She's mad that she's just doing that. I know, I know, I know, I know. But, yeah, she, she, like, held her own and stuff like that. And that's, that's the thing. It's, like, and they, they don't have any women working there anymore. But they're... Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, I mean, she she doesn't work there anymore. She's I think she's running her own pastry kitchen now. But it's just like one of those things. Like she was qualified for the job. She came and she right. got the job, mm. and she held her own. Right. Mm. So that's the, that's the thing. But yeah, maybe they are perpetuating this thing yeah. because they are only hiring people because of what they can do. And it's just like it's. I feel like it is not a bad thing to be open to hiring any employee, regardless of their. Uh, so nationality wait, because because sorry to cut yeah, you yeah. off you cut me off <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so because because you guys okay so as your as your fish business grows mm-hmm. if some if a woman's like hey like i'll just fucking be a driver a couple days a week to fucking drive fish around yeah are you gonna be like the, the next employee you were gonna hire I, I was gonna yeah, say. yeah like of course of course that would have if you're like yeah fuck it like sure no impact on yeah it's like well all, yeah. i don't know yeah but like, but as as like you guys are own and operate and are trying to expand that business, so like these are these are aggressively real questions that you're gonna be like, okay, well like now now it still becomes a meritocracy where you're like, okay, how's your driving record? Because like if you're fucking if you've got like thirty speeding tickets and like mm-hmm. fucking yeah. eight points on your fucking driver's license and it's about to be taken away, then maybe I don't want to hire you, male yeah. or female, right, right, yeah, right. But it's like, is that is Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of the situation, but is it like maybe that that might weigh on your fucking mind as you're as you're moving forward into that, or not even? You're just like, eh, we'll just I, I cro- I cross that bridge when you get there, kind of. Thing. Like specifically for what Matt and I are doing, I don't think uh, gender plays. Are you gonna go take a pee pee? Okay, <laughs> just keep talking. We're just gonna talk to Matt. Yeah, yeah specifically <laughs> with what what you and I are doing, like. I don't think gender has the same kind of baggage as it does in the restaurant industry because it's not the restaurant industry, right? You and I are just like starting this business mm-hmm. with almost no context. We haven't been trained in <laughs> fish shops selling Zero fish, transporting fish, right? <laughs> yeah. like we, don't, we don't have that baggage. Uh, so I don't think it would really uh, have the same... 
maybe maybe the the question that Tom Tom wanted to ask would be like you know in our own restaurants would we it when when we're when we're if and when we're running yeah. our own restaurants uh, you know is how do we navigate that are well I think like really if anything it's more so about like the culture of the kitchen right like yeah yeah like us specifically going out to hire women is like what we should be doing is specifically making our kitchens a better place for women to yeah, work in. Yep, 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 you know what I mean? 100%. It's not necessarily like we have to go and hire a woman even if she's not the best candidate for the job. We should be making it not talking, calling each other as little little bitches and fucking like smacking each other in the balls and stuff like that. It's just like, yeah. just don't do that stuff. Be a professional and stop making that the old, environment that of the kitchen. Culture. Yeah, don't make yeah. the environment of the kitchen uncomfortable to be a woman, a woman in. Yeah. Uh, and just make sure that like like just don't perpetuate that bullshit but also at the same time like for me I don't think it's bad to say that I'm hiring the best candidate for the job because that is the best candidate for the job yeah you're, you still, know, you're still trying to operate said business at its 100% peak if, if, if COVID was not a thing and I was still running Sakai Bar at the, at the same capacity that we, we had indoor dining and all that stuff and it was busy as it was before and we had a dishwasher, then 1000% she would be the third person and I would have a couple more days off in a week and I'd be working on the <clears throat> yeah. fish business a little bit more, but that's just not the reality of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, we had yeah. already hired the gentleman beforehand because he was there when we needed somebody, yeah. right? Like right yeah. as Eric left. So. It's the reality I, situation. Fair enough. And I think hand in hand with that, um, by changing the culture, you also attract more people. You know, if if you're, you're, it is your intention to make uh, your own kitchen more welcoming and more fair to women, I would guess that probably you would find yourself with more applications from women. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? I would guess that would happen. Maybe, maybe that's well, the, especially the best. especially because word travels so fucking yeah. quickly, like sometimes quicker than the, than goddamn social media can let it fucking yeah. travel. Yes, yeah, seriously, dude, it's fucking weird. Sometimes you'll catch I'll catch it and I'll just be like, well, nobody's talking about it on social media yet. Yeah, you're yeah. Like, hey, and then like two days later, you're just like, Instagram, what? Yeah. <laughs> a couple, a couple like, line cooks at a bar is like the fastest vector for any gossip. Oh my god! Yeah, like, it's like, kind of a, very it's like, kind of a bummer. I don't go Twitter. to that shit. It's like, like I, 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 I can't go to bars anymore. <laughs> Not that I can't, I just don't. But... <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, man! But it's like, so maybe. And like like I said before, it's like obviously this is not we're not going to solve this in a fucking hour long conversation. But 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 it's nice to know that as as you guys move forward and are creating this business and creating that 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 space to talk about it. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely that's that 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 in and of itself is the change that maybe our generation does. Yeah, and then the next generation can bump it up a little more. Yeah. yeah. And then the next one bumps it a little more to the point where I don't think we'll ever be 50-50 men and women in this industry because men and women are very fucking different. Like, biologically, fucking their, mm-hmm. yeah, their yeah. habits, all but those things. There's, 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 the there's opportunity a fuck ton of nuance. Hopefully the opportunity yeah. will be there. I don't think it will ever actually be a 50-50. For, for me, it's, uh, there's, this comes up a lot in my life. Of uh, I think it has a lot to do with my father and like just like going through life with um, being better than the previous generation. is yeah. like... For me, I feel like um, 
when you perpetuate things and you do the same thing that your boss did to you or you do say like when you become a chef you you know yell at your employees because you were yelled at it's human nature and it's the easy thing to do but it's also the weak thing to do yeah and for me i think it it takes a lot of strength and a strength of character and it takes a lot of effort continual effort and daily effort to become Mm -hmm. the type of person that is not going to repeat the same mistakes as uh your previous bosses and one of those mistakes is not hiring enough women or just calling each other little bitches and fucking being a bro culture right so for me it's super important to yeah because because if for me the way that i look at myself and my career is like why would i ever want to do this exact same thing that i learned why am i not trying to build on that why am i not trying to change that and become something different and maybe hopefully better Mm. so that has harkens back to what i'm doing in my kitchen with my food but also the culture that is 100 percent the right direction to be you I think, know i think you have to be an idiot to fucking disagree with that like obviously yeah. that but makes like it's 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 it, and no doubt is gonna be like you said it's it's fucking way more difficult because now you're you're not only are you evaluating the kitchen culture in how you operate most of your time because let's be honest most of us spend most of our fucking time in restaurants then it's like you're fucking you're also evaluating yourself personally and that's going to transfer over from your immediate life whether you're yeah you know whatever it might be for for me it was you know i i had to fucking figure out how to be a little more open stop telling lies and fucking start saying my my understanding of the truth around me and certainly that i've made many many mistakes and i will make many many more but um but it's it's no doubt the fucking difficult it's it's the difficult move yeah but it's it's the right move yeah and it's a it's a daily decision right yeah. you have to decide to like, want to do like if I, am i gonna be a cunt today or am i gonna fucking take a breath and evaluate saying things like cunt am i yeah. gonna say saying things like cunt maybe yeah, <laughs> yeah that might just be a north american thing that people don't like that word australians love that word british love that word yeah. <laughs> here's, here's it's a good issue. word. Don't say it at work. Yeah. No, I don't say it. Women. I don't say it at work. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah. Uh, that's not true. Sometimes <laughs> it slips out. Okay. I'm like I said. I make mistakes. Many mistakes. <laughs> so we all want to make ourselves better, improve ourselves. That's always you know a focus of our podcast: self improvement, right? Mm. Uh, we want to change the world. We want to make our world, our our bubble, um, our world. Yep. yeah, uh, better every day. And that's that's commendable. That's good. But the shit that keeps me up at night is knowing that everybody's always wanted that. And and you know the people that we are vilifying, the people who mm. we're saying are you know uh, treating women unfairly. They probably made the environment better than the environment that they grew up in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it still wasn't enough. Well, right? it's like everybody, all children criticize their fucking parents. Exactly, for, exactly, right. It's all the same, same concept. And yeah. every everybody's grandparents will always be racist pieces, of racist shit. pieces of shit <laughs> because you know they <laughs> lived in a time where that, that shit was where, a little more tolerated, and they lived in a time where those opinions were probably progressive. And you know you you the, depending on your well, grandparents stuff sure. is constantly getting outdated. So you know is is this idea of the you know equal hmm. kitchen the 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 gender equal kitchen 
Uh, is that going to be enough? At the time when... Uh, is that going to be enough for the world by the time we're able to uh, uh, implement that? So in, let's say it takes us you know, 25 years to you know, overhaul the, the kitchen To get to the 50-50 split. And we get there. In 25 years, will that be enough? No, it'll have been enough no, for 2020, the year 2020. But will it? But and, when, and will when we, we're 50, and, and I'll be I'll be 55, and like no, it's not going to because that generation, those yeah. people that are 25 year old or 28 year old yeah. or how 28, right? 28. <laughs> um, fucking like it's all gonna be. It's all just it's. But that's but that's the pushing forward, and that's the evolution. And I, I mean, at that point, there might fine. not even be fucking. There might not even be fucking restaurants anymore. Maybe we'll all just be living in fucking VR, being fed through fucking tubes. (laughs) We'll all have Neuralink in, and we'll just be fucking, you know, whatever. Having the meteors coming. I don't know. I don't even know. I mean, yeah. Nobody fucking knows. Except for Elon Musk. He's the only one that knows it's going to happen in 25 years. (laughs) It will not be enough. It'll never be enough. And that's the thing. It's like... But that's thing, human nature. The right? only thing you can do is to continually work, to decide every day, wake yeah, up every day true, and decide, true, true. I'm not going to be this person. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do that. I'm not going to continue this bullshit. I'm going to change. Mm-hmm. And like, because, yeah, our grandparents may have been like that. And like, that's because they like raised our parents and then our parents raised us and stuff like that. That's, yeah, I feel like that's all you can do is try and change. Because you only, we, we can only change what Individuals take steps. Generations take strides. Do we end it on that? Heard that in rap song. Um, <laughs> I, okay, it's a great track. It's a, it's a phenomenal it? track, but um, I can't remember. That okay, fucking well, I remember what I ate for breakfast, John. Come on, fair enough. Easy. Um, I think on that note, um, yeah, yeah. Let's wrap it up. That's a good chat. Let's wrap take, it up. We're sitting a little over an foot, hour. Take your stride. Make the impact that, that you try to make. Yeah, I mean, John, John's kind of ruining the quote right now, but that's okay. Yeah, John. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note. On that note, thank you for listening. We love you guys. Thanks for having me. Love you, Matt. Love you too. Two birds in the hand is worth three in the bush. Are you just... You, I, think, I think you should just stop saying Good night. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, <laughs> we love you all. Thank you very much. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Thanksgiving, yeah. as we say. Oh, yeah. You know what? Maybe, maybe we'll we finish on uh, what's our... Uh, what, what are we thankful for? Ooh, here we go. Give us give us <clears throat> something. This is, you know, something you... If you're around dinner table, you always... At, around Thanksgiving. It's Canadian Thanksgiving. Because um, there's some listeners in the UK and in the States. Had a couple people listen. Um, cool. Yeah, pretty neat. <laughs> um, but... At least in my family, we'd always go around the table and say what we're thankful for this time of year. So, Matt, because you're this is your first appearance on Meatball Thoughts, you'll mm. be you'll be back again, no mm. doubt, no doubt. Um, you want to give us your uh, your thankful note for the yeah? Year? I mean, I've had like a pretty amazing year. Um, <laughs> I don't have a lot to complain about. Yeah, I mean, I've had the the last six years were pretty rough for me. Um, but yeah, no, I'm super thankful for friends and like, I know it sounds so cliche, friends and family, but like literally like I'm just starting my own family now and I have a dog and a fiance and that's Holy like, shit, amazing. I thought you were going to drop some bombs. I know, I was like, oh shit, you're pregnant yet! No, 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 not yet. Oh, Still God. pulling out. <laughs> no! <laughs> Good. Good. We'll high five out. Uh, um, yeah, no. You should, you know. 
include other forms of contraception. But anyway, anyways, <laughs> so sorry to hijack here. Thanks, John. <laughs> Thankful for condoms. No. Um, yeah, so yeah. starting my own family, like that's a huge thing. Like just that's gonna happen if you're only pulling out. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> Uh, okay. Starting, starting my own <laughs> family. Super happy for that. Uh, I was just uh, here last night. Actually, just uh, brought yeah. a little present to John, and I was saying to him, you know, super yeah. thankful for John just as a business partner and like a friend who's like every single time shows up and is just like there and is ready to like do the dirty work of what we're trying to do, and then also just like still like come over and like roll some omelets together or whatever. Um, you know. Yeah, friends and family is, like, becoming so apparently important to me nowadays. And, you know, being able to, like, do what I love in this crazy year and, like, being becoming a chef for the first time after 13 years, like, and being able to, like, catch fish and then, like, serve it at my restaurant and handpick fish and, like, do that and, like, have people actually come and eat and have profound reactions to the food and say that they can taste happiness in my food, like... It's amazing. So yeah. that's what I'm thankful for. I'm uh, um, grateful for, uh, for for gratitude itself. I, Matt Matt knows this about me, and he complains about this all the time. I, I'm really focused on uh, things that go wrong. I'm I just most, most I don't complain about it. Most I cooks just, are. I just most cooks that, are. Me, me and John are very good at balancing each other out that way. Yeah, and, and I, need, I need to be reminded that because uh, ten things can go right, one thing goes wrong, all I can think about is the thing that goes wrong. and you know, it, it is human nature, but I think I do that more than other... I, I, you know, I was brought up to, to do that. Um, and, and just recently, really this year, since coming back from Japan, which yeah, hasn't even been 12 months, um, I've, I've been just feeling more grateful and... and been more aware of all the things that are going right in my life being able to you know do this podcast with you brings me so much joy and i'm like working with you i'm super glad that you're part of this Mm -hmm. with us Mm -hmm. um yeah i've just i don't know what happened but something something clicked and i've i've just been able to see all the things that are are so amazing and, and make me so happy in this past year so i'm grateful for that yeah, grateful, Amazing. thankful for some clarity. Yeah, maybe yeah, perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. That's nice. Yeah. Um, I would say I'm thankful for. I mean, like Matt said, friends and family, but it's also like thankful for the amount of love that I can that I can perceive that is around me. My my niece, my German niece who's visiting, you know, she ran up to me when I, I said goodbye to her today, earlier today. And they're going to go back to Germany. I won't see them before they leave again. And she ran up, she gave me the biggest hug and said, I love you, Uncle Tomas. And it brought a tear to my eye because it was just, it was pure. How old is she? She's five. And, and love to her is, is something very, very raw. There's, it's not convoluted. It's not, it's not a a weird adult fucking skewed fucking thing. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. just childhood love and appreciation. And, and it was one of the most beautiful moments. And I'm very thankful for family. Yeah. 
for them keeping me alive. And on that note, <laughs> we love you all. We love you. Thank you for, for listening, listening to Thank our, you for listening. Our thoughts, our meatball thoughts. And we'll see you again next week. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye.